I'm Sandra Hayes Buckley and you are listening to the Mind Your Mind podcast, a podcast that delves into what minding your mind means to different people, what self-care looks like in their lives and why minding their minds is so important to them. I hope you enjoy. On this week's episode, I chat to Dr. Kira Belviso. Kira is a medical doctor and worked for over 20 years in both clinical and non-clinical settings. She has now stepped into a new role as owner of Cam with Kira as a mindfulness and positive living coach. During our chat, we discussed how an unexpected diagnosis led to Kira re-evaluating how she lived her life, why she is so passionate about mindful living and her strong belief in the power of gratitude. I hope you enjoy. Welcome, Kira, to the Mind Your Mind podcast. Hi, Sandra. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you for joining me. So for anyone who is listening who is not familiar with yourself, could you give us an introduction into who you are and what you're all about? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So um, my name is Kira, Kira Belviso. Um, I'm a mindfulness and meditation teacher. And um, I guess my 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 interest uh, or my focus with that is on mindful living and incorporating positive psychology methods into making your life more mindful. Um, and I'm, I guess, about me, I'm 48 years old. I am living in Dublin at the moment with my husband and my two daughters and we have one little puppy who uh, you see on my Instagram all the time because she's the light of my life she's definitely the third child and my background is in medicine so I studied medicine I spent over 20 years working between clinical and pharmaceutical medicine and um, I've recently um, taken a break from that I guess uh, to focus on mindfulness and mindful living and um to really incorporate that into my life on a day-to-day basis to give my, myself and my family more balance and more enjoyment in our in our days I guess yeah. Yeah and you touched on it there how important it is for yourself to have that balance and to you know the mindful living and I suppose why is that so important for you and I suppose from your background in your your with your qualifications and your medical background as well why do you think it's important for other people to mind themselves to look after that mental well-being and and I suppose hone like lean into that mindful living um more yeah and I guess you know I suppose when I hit my 40s um things suddenly started getting difficult I guess getting more complicated and I know that happens for a lot of people but obviously um so I had some some health issues myself I discovered I had a BRCA gene mutation I had to have the surgeries etc that were um associated with the well I didn't have to I chose to have the risk reduction surgeries relating to that and um my girls were very young at the time um and I guess it, for me it was a real focus on my mind I kind I realized and I realized how many people wait till they get sick to make changes in their life and to I suppose really take care of themselves and and I was and I really enjoyed when I was in clinical medicine helping people who were sick and helping them to get better but more and more and especially when 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 you're told yourself that you have an 86 percent chance of developing breast cancer mm-hmm. that focuses your mind and I sort of went well what can I do myself I guess to to um prolong my life um, as long as possible I want to be around as long as possible and to be well as long as possible so so I really believe that 
that one thing that we've let go of probably um we get very caught up in the busyness of life and i think we we've all we all wellness because we take it for granted when we're well is something that we all put to the side and for me now the focus is actually have bring wellness to the center of your life mm -hmm. and then you're in a much better position to deal with anything that arises in the future yeah and you're so right the hustle and bustle of life and is just it's so easy to get caught up in it and i suppose the last couple of years especially has highlighted that actually when you slow down and you can get the time to look after yourself get out for that walk that you know if you need it to clear your head or that mm -hmm. sort of thing and i think people really leaned into that more during the lockdowns because i suppose we were forced into a situation where you know the busyness of life wasn't possible anymore mm -hmm. and but now we're kind of back on the hamster wheel again and you know I, I i know from talking to other people on this podcast and from outside of it that you know life is busy life is really busy and you can it's so easy to get caught up in that hustle and bustle and then you know when something goes wrong that you know you have you need something to be able to lean back on something that's already there that mm. okay well i have this i have this in place that i can i suppose lean into i can rely on that i know that this will will kind of stand to me yeah yeah 100 percent. and I think and I fully agree I think I think you know um the awful I suppose travesty that was COVID the COVID pandemic did actually cause so many of us to 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 reassess and I mean that you know the great resignation as they call it and all that is 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 really reflective of that um for you know, I, I guess for myself, I I really actually loved being in lockdown. <laughs> I would probably voluntarily go back into lockdown <laughs> again for a couple of weeks if somebody was to ask. Um, and I think, but actually, you know, I laugh about it, but they did a survey before Christmas, one of the um, big networks in the um, in the UK, and something like 70% of people said actually they'd take, they would quite happily go back into lockdown because they felt life was so overwhelming mm. and I think that's really sad and mm. um, testament to how things have ramped up and and I don't know whether it's because we slowed down but it certainly even seems like it's more frenetic and more urgent than it was before when you hear people talking about you know I, I was lucky I'm blessed I stepped away after the lockdown from you know my and and my my job was a busy job at the time um I stepped away from it, but just talking to people just seems to be even busier and busier. And I think with that, I think, yeah, it 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 is really important because I remember being on that hamster wheel of, you know, I stepped away from clinical medicine to pharmaceutical medicine because at that time I was a little bit older. I was thinking about we were, you know, just getting married. We wanted to have kids. I wanted to make, reduce my stress levels enough. Um, and there were other little bits and pieces going on too. Um, and I think I've just kind of stepped a little bit further away from the hustle bustle now with, you know, um, starting this new career. And, um, and, and with that, yeah, I think, you know, the, the, it's been shown the more choice you have, the unhappier you are. <laughs> and I think we're, you know, in life now, there's so many choices and you're being bombarded from side to side. And even, you know, if I look at 
camps for the kids for the summer, you know, and my kids are coming back every day from school with a flyer going, can we do this one? Can we do that one? And I'm like, actually, you're now doing camps for four weeks of your eight weeks of holidays. <laughs> so, so we have to draw a line somewhere, you know, and 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 it's funny because previously I would have, you know, well, they would have been in creche while I was working because I wouldn't have had the time off, you know, the, the, all the time off over summer. But, you know, I would have been trying to fill their time so that I could work. Whereas now I'm like, can you please spend some time with me? <laughs> and um, can we just say that, you know, four camps is enough and we'll have summertime for the rest of the time. So there is just so much choice out there now. And it actually is making us more and more unhappy um, as a society, you know. Yeah, there's and I think you touched on it there. There's almost a pressure to, you know, get back to normal in inverted commas. And there was so much of that pressure that people are almost, you know, saying yes to loads of different things. Yeah. 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 Oh, yes, I'll go to that. Yes, I'll do that. Yes, I'll, you know, mm-hmm. do all the camps with the, you know, or whatever. And like, I suppose it's it's about learning as well to take a step back from all of that, to, that actually and saying no to things. Saying and, no. Yeah. And, and actually saying, you know, that's actually not good for me to be doing all of the things. And, okay. you know, yeah. actually, you know be present and allow yourself to rest or to do whatever it is you need to do because it can be so overwhelming you know if you look at your diary for the week and you have you know back-to-back meetings every single day and you're after agreeing to go you know maybe to a social event one evening and then the kids have an activity another evening and then you know it all of a sudden becomes so overwhelming and you're you have no time for yourself you have no time to spend with the kids you have no time to do anything other than you're you're always doing things for for other people and you're not you're not kind of showing up for yourself then by doing that yeah yeah and and you know if I look back on you know pre-covid when I was working and dealing with you know what you know not dealing the girls were young and but and you know I kind of I know a lot of people talk about now but I had no idea what happened when you became a mom I just kind of thought they'd slot in and I, you know, you have 24 hours of your day. My was, I had a full life and suddenly had these two little things that depended on me as well. And I was like, oh gosh, what has to give? And for me, a lot of what gave was instead of going to the gym, I love to exercise. So instead of going to the gym, you know, five or six days a week, Mm. I was barely getting there because if I didn't go consistently, you know, you lose that desire to go. I, you know, I let myself go and I actually... I realized over time that I was actually quite, when I look back now, I was quite numb to every, a lot of what was going on. I was numb to, to bad things. Cause like, you know, there was stressful stuff going on with my own health, work is busy, et cetera. I was also numb to a lot of pleasures even. And I wasn't even noticing, like sometimes photos come up on my, you know, your the phone, like the phone is bad. The phone is great though as well. It's a fantastic piece of technology, but sometimes it flashes up these pictures, you know, these reminders. And I'm like, God, I have no recollection of that. Mm. And thank God I have the photos or I have the little videos, but yeah, I just go, God, I don't remember, you know, I don't remember Millie being that, doing that or whatever. Yeah. And that could, it, you know, and it, it's it, there's no point looking back with regret, but actually those things really do focus you and and on actually what am I doing? And and I was numb for so long to pleasure and pain. I was mm. just coasting along. But that it it made me realize that was no way to 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 live really. And um and 
gradually incorporating mindfulness into my life made me start to, because I was more present, I was able to question those decisions that I was making in the moment. Mm. Gradually switched me into saying, well, actually, this isn't serving me or my family at the moment, and therefore I'm going to make this change. Yeah. And you touched on it there as well. Like it is such a massive shift when you become a mother mm-hmm. and like that. I don't think there is enough preparation as to like the afterwards, yeah. <laughs> you no, know, no, there's no. kind of, you know, all this focus on pregnancy and what you should be doing in pregnancy and what you shouldn't be doing in pregnancy. And, you know, then the baby comes <laughs> and that's kind of it. <laughs> and, and that is it. And you're, you know, and because, and it was funny because we were actually having a chat. We were just, having a chat with one of one of my girls is um she's almost nine and she just said to her dad at the table at dinner yesterday she said what did you feel when I was born dad and he just went petrified (laughs) (laughs) it's so true you know it's like it's you just you're handed this little bundle and you're like oh my god I have to keep this alive (laughs) and um it's you know and yeah there's you know there's so much like so much pressure to with that you take you know I remember the first time I drove with the child in the back of the car and I was like I was so (laughs) cautious driving down the road and um yeah and and, you know it, it is but I think and I think a lot of the problem is that you know if if you allow yourself to be influenced you feel like you should be doing everything that you did before as well Mm -hmm. but you should also be this absolutely perfect mum mum that you know we all you know that and it's very you know again you've 24 hours in a day so so something has to give somewhere you have to make more intentional choices I think um yeah yeah. it can be very easy to fall into that inner critic um piece then as well that you you know you're not doing and I I found it myself after my second child um when my mental health wasn't in the best place that the inner critic like really attacked me that like I wasn't doing I wasn't good enough at being a man but I wasn't good enough at being you know an accountant an auditor that's what I was working at as at the time and I wasn't good enough at anything I you know I wasn't managing the house enough and this and it's so easy to get caught into this like trap of you know that oh well I, w- I was working at this rate before I had the baby so I should be working at this rate now but also I'm taking care of the house and taking care of the baby and feeding her changing her da, 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 da. yeah it can become very overwhelming actually because you're trying to be the same as what you were before but also your life has entirely changed yeah. <laughs> and you're trying to also live that life and it's also it's almost like you're trying to I don't know split yourself in half but be at the same time be whole be whole yeah yeah that's it it's um yeah it is it's 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 just you're spinning plates you're Mm -hmm. so scared that something's gonna if one drops it'll all just go flying like a domino effect and yeah and and I think you know because I had my two girls about 11 less than a little less than 11 months apart so um It was just mayhem um, at the time. And then, yeah, like that, you know, after the second girl arrived, I think. And then I had discovered two weeks before she was born about the BRCA mutation. So I had my first surgery when she was six months old. And so it just went kind of and I was just I was going and I was going. And I remember one day um, and, you know, I'm, I'm forever grateful. I was in with 
her in um with with Sophia in with the GP and I think just kind of a routine I don't know what what it was or whether she was a bit sick or something and we were just about to go and obviously you know I I would know the GPs in my practice quite well because of professionally and personally um I suppose from attending and we were just she was like how are you getting on you know and how's how's Amelia and la da 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 and is Tony back at work you know is he working away and is he still where he was and all the rest are where he is and just having the chats and I was like everything absolutely fine and then she said to me and how are you doing how are you doing after everything you've been through and Sophia started to roar crying like literally just out of the blue roar crying and then I just broke down mm. and and I think the poor GP was probably like oh my gosh they were just about to go out the door and now I have to sit back down again it was probably one of those questions where she went oh, but um yeah, I ended up, you know, just at that stage. That's when when it hit me that time. And I came out of there and she was like, you know, you could be postmenopausal anxiety. You could be postnatal depression. You could be this. You could be, you know, there were so many potential options. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it it was like, gosh, it was a baptism of fire becoming a woman. <laughs> so, yeah. And yeah. yeah. And I think that's why it's so important as well that we have these tools um, that we can lean into when, you know, life changes, maybe not as big as becoming a mother, but in any big life change, yeah. you know, it can be so overwhelming. And like, you know, one thing happens, but then if one other thing happens, it could be the straw that broke the camel's back. That's it. Yeah. And, and it often is the very small thing you have the overreaction to because... Yeah you are you know because yeah it's a small thing because because that's just that straw and Mm. something huge has happened in the background that no one's aware of yeah and you break down because I don't know the child spills some milk when you're out or something yeah yeah Yeah. and I think that's why like in particular the work that you do why that's so important and it's so important for people to have those tools to be able to I suppose you know be more present and kind of ground themselves and go, you know, okay, right. I'm a bit overwhelmed at the moment. What can I do? Because it's so easy for it to spiral out of control. Yeah. Yeah, it is. And, and I think one of the big things that, that living more mindfully has taught me is that if, if I'm not being mindful to what I'm doing, my mind is thinking because that's what our minds do. Mm-hmm. because of the way our minds are wired obviously we've got this automatic negative bias of the brain so even if we start off thinking about something pleasant we will eventually end up down a negative rabbit hole mm-hmm. and and I think that's what was wrong what was going on in my head at the time I was spending so long or so much time in the past worrying about what I had done and whether or not um or what I had done and whether or not the um you know it was good enough or whether or not it was going to you know I spent so much time worrying about whether or not what I did would traumatize my children in the future <laughs> you know and you kind of go can you know now I look at it go I can't change it anyway you know but but you're either doing the you know the what ifs or the if onlys if mm-hmm. I, and I spend a lot of time doing if only and or what if this happens? What if that happens down the line? What if I do X, Y, Z? And where so 
now I've gotten to a, to the stage in my life and I've been practicing mindfulness to to varying levels for five years now, but I, I, I can really catch myself. And I can, you know, and it, and and that's what really helps me. And I have certain little trigger words or I do, you know, if when I go into a room, if I turn on the light or when I turn the kettle on, I kind of go, where are you now, Kira? And oftentimes you'll find that your thoughts are somewhere you've no idea. It's all subconscious. You've no idea where they are, but they you were off on a tangent somewhere. And those tangents are often self-critical or negative. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I found that myself, you know, I, like I've done a lot of work in the last couple of years to kind of, I suppose, try and bring myself to a point where I do catch the thoughts. Mm-hmm. And it's not about necessarily, you know, kind of never being negative again, but it's no. about just catching it and going, you know, OK, what's happening here? What am I, you know, what, what? And, and Jennifer actually touched on this in episode two as well on what am I making this mean? What am I making this mean about me or what am I making this mean about a certain situation? Because it can be so easy for it to, you know, like the the wheels start turning and the tangents start getting like more and more kind of wild. away, And you're gone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Gone so far away from what actually did happen to like, what if this happens? What if that happens? You know, and if this happens, that means this. And, you know, kind of a, it's just a spiral of, catastrophizing and worst case scenario and yeah. you know making it mean that you're a terrible person or that you're you're this that and the other thing and I think being able to just catch the thought and go hang on <laughs> wait a second yeah what am I what what is actually happening here and learning to kind of bring it back to the present and bring it back to you know like the yeah. what if, the what ifs haven't happened and they might not happen and you know kind of I suppose yeah. Like like that, just grounding yourself in the the here and now, and being able to to move forward in a more mindful way, and just yeah. But it does take time. It does take time to learn to catch those thoughts. It does. It does. And 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 we used to always, you know, when when I was training, we used to talk about um, the, the the thought train. We used to call it, and your mind gets on it, and you're gone, and. It, the whole idea was that when you noticed you were gone, bringing you know saying, "Okay, I'm I'm getting off this station, and mm-hmm. I'm coming back to where I am now." And and I think you know what 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 you've touched on, and you know around the especially around the, the catastrophizing and the magnification or minimization of the feelings, and that is not you know what I suppose mindfulness is about. It's mm-hmm. it's about being there for whatever is going on because things hard things do happen to us all. That's yeah. part of life. Um, but there is a huge difference between pain and suffering, I guess, you know, and there is that and um, the whole idea around, you know, Buddhists talk about the second arrow of um, of suffering and the first arrow is the pain you feel. Mm-hmm. And the second arrow is your thoughts around it and how you and that's where and that the suffering and the, that's where suffering comes up. It's that mm-hmm. resistance. And, and if you if you look at it, so, for example, you step on your child's Lego when you're going in to check on them at nighttime mm. and the first arrow is, Oh my God, that's so, and how can something so small be so painful, but it is so painful. The second arrow is, Oh my God, you know, or maybe you, you went out and you woke them up and you go, Oh my God, I'm, the, I'm such a stupid mom. Why didn't I clean the floor today? Why didn't I do this? Why didn't I do? And you're going on and on and on. You're thinking about, it. and then you go back to bed after you settle the child and you're going, 
so stupid. That was the most silly thing I've ever done. And why was that Lego there anyway? And then all of a sudden you're gone and look, my husband's still asleep and he probably put it out there anyway. He was playing Lego in the first place, you know, and you're suddenly in this whole whirlwind because of one small action where you go, oh gosh, that was a piece of Lego. Let me pick it up and put it away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. And just, and it's, it's so easy to get, like, especially when you're tired, actually, when you touched on it there, like, you know, the, the likes of that at night time or whatever yeah. it can be so hard to get out of that because you're like if you're if you're tired you're already kind of I don't know like at a less oh yeah you're and like it can be so easy to get like I I found when I was suffering with my panic attacks a panic attack at night was much worse than a panic attack during the day mm-hmm. because yeah. everything was I was tired. Everything was a bit bleak because it was dark. And, you know, there was no one there that you could pick up the phone and go, I'm after having a panic attack or this happened or whatever, because you're all on your own and and all the rest of it. And like, not, not that this would lead to a panic attack necessarily, but, you know, it can lead to this spiral of thoughts Mm -hmm. um, where you know you are kind of you know it's just a piece of lego but all of a sudden you're making it mean that you know you're a terrible mother and the house isn't clean enough and this and that and the other thing and like I do think that when you're tired it can be so much harder to just catch the thought and go it's just a piece of lego I'll just put it away yeah no no, I and it can and you know I'm I'm saying all of this I'm still you know like we're all human we're all works in progress and you know, I, I've gotten to the stage now where my girls share a room. It's like a bomb has hit it. <laughs> and nine, you know, I go tidy it two minutes later. Everything's like they're in the five or six outfits a day place at the moment. I'm I'm starting to close the doors I walk by because I'm just like, I'm not going to let it bother me. Yeah, I do that with you know, our I have to make my choices. With our playroom. The playroom door is always closed. Yeah, <laughs> the cave inside there and that that's fine. <laughs> It's only a few weeks ago that I kind of suddenly went because every time I was walking by, I realized that in my, you know, and again, this is I and this is only a couple of weeks ago. I just went, it just you know gets me every time I walk past that room and I see that mess. So and I just went, so I don't know, a little voice in my head went, just close the door, care. Like, oh, okay, and it just made it so much easier. And I was like, okay, it's you know, it's their mess. I don't want to be the one that. I don't want them to think that somebody will pick up after them all the time as well. You know, there has to be a bit of give and take here. So I just was like, let's close the door and let's leave it be. And and it is, it's, it's, um, and, and that's why how some bits of bringing mindfulness in are so easy. And that's why I like to talk about mindful living as opposed to, because I think people think of mindfulness and they think of, you know, somebody sitting going, you know, with nice little chimes <laughs> binging in the background. It's very different to that you know and um and and that is part of it but but you know I always say that's like going to the gym to work out to get strong so that you can I don't know lift pick up your children when you're older or that you'll be able to if you fall over be able to stand back up again Mm -hmm. my the, the meditation part and that sitting part is just growing that focus in your mind um but actually there was one thing I did want to say about the thoughts that come up and where in your head as well. When I first started practicing mindfulness, I was so judgmental of mm-hmm. everything I thought. 
And I suddenly started to realize that this mind, like my head was, and at the time was in quite a negative place. And I was very judgy of everyone and also of myself. Like it was, you know, two way stream and I was probably harsher on myself. And so one thing I always say to people is that we can't control that first thought that comes up. Mm -hmm. But you can control the ones that come afterwards once you pick them up. So don't be judging yourself. And that's a huge part of mindfulness as well. It's that not judging yourself. Yeah. And um, again, that's or what's happening in that moment, the experience in that moment. Yeah. And again, that's not the easiest thing to do. Yeah. It takes yeah. it takes time. It takes practice. Um, you know, again, inner critic is is waiting there to get in. Um, so you know, it it's it's something that does take practice, but um yeah no it's I think when you like when you go through some of the work and I've done some mindfulness work as well kind of part of my I suppose moving forward from my own mental health um Mm. issues and like even just you know allowing that thought and then just kind of you know just allowing because we all have so many thoughts every day anyway and a lot of them we don't even notice because like the brain is a hive of activity but like you know these these thoughts that you're having they're just like you know a split second thing and Mm. it be something completely kind of irrelevant essentially to what you're doing and if you're judging yourself for having like one tiny little thought like is it sixty thousand thoughts we have a day or is you know something like this they say yeah yeah yeah. if you're judging yourself for one one out of between 60 and ninety thousand thoughts every day yeah you know realistically speaking it's it's not actually that important in the grand scheme of mm-hmm. so no yeah that's true yeah it's allowing yourself to actually look it's just it was one in a line of ninety thousand. let that's it, it. Let it yeah. with all the rest of them yeah and and and, and you know it's really interesting like you know between those 60 or ninety thousand, you say sixty thousand thoughts a day you know 80 percent of them 70 to 80 percent of them will be negative and you won't even be aware of them. And 90% of them are the same thoughts you've thought the, the day before. So we're just, if we don't cat, start to look and catch ourselves, that negativity can start to take over and, and seep into everything and every experience that we're having. And I think, you know, that's where, you know, happiness, a lot of people talk about, you know, if you ask people, what do you want? Most people say just to be happy. What do you want for your kids? I'd be the same. I say, I want them to be happy and fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And and I don't mean happiness, like happy, clappy, happy. I sort of, I mean it more that they're, you know, they're living a life where they get fulfillment from it and they feel like they're they're gaining something, but they have something to offer as well. Um, and I think the really important thing around happiness is that we have 40 to 50% of the control of happiness is in our own hands. So a lot of people will say, oh, you know, everybody in my house, you know, and again, that's that's unhelpful thinking. But everybody in my family, we just we just are we're a real glass half empty group, you mm. know, That's and but actually genetics only play a very small part. Mm. Yeah. You know, they only play 40 percent of the opportunity. So we have so much opportunity to work on our thoughts and to make our lives happier. And I think once people realize that or if people know that it just empowers you to say actually I can do something about this yeah yeah and 
it's I think that's why this work is so important as well and the fact that you talk about this on like your Instagram in particular I know you're doing the gratitude challenge there the last couple of weeks yeah yeah. um it's even just educating people that actually you know you have this power within you to you know to to make that little bit of a a mindset shift yeah Um, that you know you don't need to rely on I suppose like how your mother thought or or you know or your environment that you actually yeah. have some power within you to ch- to make those changes yeah and 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 it's true and I often will get people you know sending me messages or I'm in contact with a lot of people still who and so many of them who've done the courses are doing the gratitude challenge um for the last couple of weeks and they sending me emails or messages and texts and things and so many of them though at the end of the course go thank you so much for you know for all for what you've done and for your help and la-da-da. and and I'm like no you did it you're the one who took the time to actually incorporate the practices and um and I think a huge thing for me as well because I think if I look back four or five years ago when I really was in the trenches of you know work kids um everything else life um if somebody said to me, oh, you just need to, you know, people can go, you just need to do X, Y, Z. You just need to do mindfulness. You just need to meditate. I think I would have been probably, I might have smiled at them, but in my head, I would have been saying things <laughs> that I cannot say in on the podcast. And, um, and I suppose my whole thing and my whole drive is to show people that it doesn't have to be that difficult. That yes, there are, you know, depending on how deep you want to go, you can go and do retreats, do hours of meditate if you want to. I don't have the time to do that at the moment. I, I try to do a retreat kind of once or twice a year for a weekend. Um, but um, but I don't have the time otherwise. So it's it's actually the simple things. And that's where the gratitude challenge came in. It was like it takes you one to two minutes a day. Mm-hmm. You yep. need three positive thoughts to outrule a negative. So I put three on the list. Some people are saying, oh, my gosh, I got eight today and I could have kept going, you know, and it's which is so nice to hear. And and it, but, you know, it only takes a couple of seconds, but actually you're spending your day being mindful because you're looking out for things mm-hmm. to say, to put that on my gratitude list later. Yeah. And and I've been I've been doing it actually oh have you <laughs> yeah and and it does and it's something that I did with um with a therapist back a couple of years ago as well mm. and she's like you need to write down it was also three that she said three thought three things mm. three good things that you're grateful for each day and like at the time now I was in a very dark place I was like oh yeah. my god three <laughs> thinking you're mad there's not going to be three things every single day but actually, when you're looking out for it, you notice things so much more and go like, you know, I'm grateful for the kids. I'm grateful for the house. I'm grateful for, you know, my health, the sun, whatever it is. You can always find something, you know, you're, yeah. you're here. You woke up today. Lots of people, you know, and I know it's, a, you know, it might sound a little bit kind of holier than thou, but lots of people expected to wake up this morning and didn't if you in the world, yep. you know, so you're here and no matter how bad you feel at that moment and I know when you're you know when you're in the throes of anxiety and depression it you may not be happy to be here but you know you are here and yeah, exactly. you have two eyes you have two ears you know that can be so that it really can be 
the very small things. And and if I look back on my gratitude journal from the last few years, um, and I, you know, I, I was actually looking at through a few of them the other there a couple of weeks ago, and you know, there were some days, and I remember like there was one day, and I just opened it, and 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 it was my journal, and then at the end of it, I had my gratitude journal, and and when I was reading my journal, it actually made me so sad. And again, I don't really realize, but I I really remember a lot about that time because I think I was quite you know I just blocked a lot of it off but there was a line in my journal saying my kids don't deserve this they don't deserve a mum like me my husband doesn't didn't marry somebody to get a woman like you know to end up with a woman like me and I remember looking at that and and me now I don't think I would you know I've been I'm so far away from that I have no even recollection of writing but that was when you know I'd had so many surgeries I was dealing with the scars the you know the the impact that that made on me as a person and dealing with the young kids and things as well but but at the end of it then I was I was my gratitude list and I was like I don't know what I'll write I don't know what I'll write and in you know and then I started off and it was like okay I've got two eyes and by the end of the you know and I always do I, I always do five in my own um gratitude journal um and I'll tell you why in a sec but but at the by the end of it there was it was like oh actually there was that you know some days in our you know in Ireland the way I don't know if you've listeners abroad but oftentimes the sky is just gray with many shades of gray as well as many shades of green and then sometimes you see this beautiful crack of blue through the gray and that made it into that list that day and um for me that that you know I was getting through um so you've touched on the gratitude journal there and I know you mentioned that you do five um mm. what's the reason for that because I suppose you know that and again the analogy would be you know five portions of fruit or veg a day actually we're supposed to eat nine but yeah. they felt that, that would be too overwhelming for people. Um, and so three to one is kind of the met, the, the, the minimum um, positive mm-hmm. to negative ratio that we want. So that's why three is the traditional thing. Mm-hmm. Um, they say that seven or more is the optimum. Mm-hmm. So I picked five as a kind of happy medium in between. Um, and I always do three things, and 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 I've said this to people on my my course as well. Um, there are my courses. I I always do the three kind of things I'm grateful for from the day. So be that the nice sun, the lovely flower I saw on my walk, things like that. And then I and and I alluded to this earlier. You know, when you're when when you're in the throes of kids and you're up at nighttime and you come in and your husband's beside you asleep or you know and he probably does the same when he gets up to the kids and you just go oh it's fine for him he never wakes in that and you know so I always I feel and I felt I and especially through COVID my husband's a healthcare worker so he was going out every day I was at home with the kids and I was working but I certainly was developing a bit of resentment about the fact that I was dealing with everything in here not that he wasn't you know he was dealing with awful stuff as well um but um I always put something in about him and it could be something as small as um you know brought the bins out he I don't know loaded the dishwasher and that's that's what he does you know the things he does he always washes up I hate washing up he always washes up um but I think it just helped for me you can really take for granted the people that are closest to you 
and so it makes me think of something good about him because it's very easy to think of negative things about the people that are you know fat people that are closest to you um and then when I was working I used to well I am still working but when I was in my um last role and obviously you know it was tough the whole working from home and I was I was struggling at one stage um, so I used to try and think of something positive about that. So I wasn't just continuously in that negative vibe about I'm not fulfilled in what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, even if I'm not fulfilled, I can write down my job pays my electricity bill or my job. Mm-hmm. So that that that's what I, I do. Um, sometimes if I'm in, in great form, I do future gratitude, which is totally off another thing that I know we, um, um, we, we, I think, we've discussed about in the, the entrepreneur group that we're part of before where you're um where you're talking about things that you want in the future but you talk about them in the present um but to be honest if I get the five done I'm generally happy with that and that that's my reasoning why the yeah. more the you know yeah. that's a, yeah it sounds fantastic and also I suppose because it's the three three positive thoughts to counteract the one negative thought you're kind of at a at a zero then <laughs> you're kind yes. of just balancing so if you have more than the three then it's kind of like an abundance of gratitude exactly. um yeah, yeah so it. yeah and um I suppose you've touched on the gratitude journaling there and obviously your mindful living and what are the things in particular you know apart from your gratitude journaling that you do to you know mind yourself mind your own mental well-being and you know I suppose your, what does your self-care looks like yeah and and again this is something that i have consciously worked on over the last year and a half because i let it go big time i was kind of you know getting to the terrible state of you know i'm only doing like it sounds awful but i'll shave my legs to the height of the dress kind of you know i'll do i'll put the fake tan on to the to where people can see it so i was like my external face as opposed to myself um side of things and um and I, yeah, so so at the moment, I mean, I've gotten myself to a really nice kind of self-care routine. So I do, I exercise, I think exercise is so fundamental. Um, and, and certainly I really notice that, that if, when, when I don't exercise, I'm less likely to move in any way, shape or form, but also I really notice that my mood will drop. So, so I do work out, um, I try and work out three times a week I try and get out in nature then for and and having the dog now is brilliant because there's no excuses so I get out every day for a walk um and uh, move I I obviously you know I I do my meditation and things that's part of who I am now um I get outside every morning for my coffee um you can do it with your hood up if it's raining and so I have my coffee um in the garden every day um that's a huge part just getting that morning light and um, mm-hmm. even if the sun's not shining it's still important to get morning light um what else do I do I do um I I'm I'm a big proponent I was so exhausted after I finished working I think I'm still still tired at times my energy levels are still quite low um sometimes so I I, I started doing yoga nidra which mm-hmm. um is is fantastic I'm actually fell so in love with it that I'm doing training in yoga nidra now at the moment as well because I think that again I used to think yoga I'd have to do something and I'm not very flexible 
but um but this is just it's like restorative sleep it's it's amazing um that's a huge part of my self-care at the moment and then I do the frivolous things since I finished work I I am um, I've treated myself to a facial once a month um and those even though you know people might say it seems frivolous but actually that time is so lovely and relaxing um and you know as I'm getting older I'm getting very conscious of looking after my skin <laughs> so yeah but it's lovely to have that time to yourself as well because you can't be on your phone when you're getting a facial or you can't be you know doing other things and you have to be kind of just there you're just getting a facial um you know because it's so easy to get caught up in you know oh I'll, I'll just do this thing but to also have your phone in your hand and be, you know, checking, checking emails or checking text messages or checking whatever. So actually it's, it's a lovely thing to do for yourself to actually kind of, I suppose, just have that, that time just for yourself and yeah. no, no distractions, no outside, you know, influences mm-hmm. getting into, getting into your, your headspace and you just relax. And, you know, I find, I find I'm always very like, so chilled out I'm nearly asleep when I'm after having a facial because I I do I find that it just switches me off I just oh, it, really, it really has it's made such a it makes such a difference it's like it's that real treat that mm. I look forward to every um because the rest of it is kind of my own stuff that I do I, I you know I and um whereas with that yeah like that I'm just lying there and you know if the therapist goes out I just like I just sit there and I I breathe and I meditate like I just you know meditate and really relax for that hour and and like that I think the phone the phone is a wonder and the phone is is you know it's that it's that really tricky thing and obviously my business is you know a huge part of it is being on Instagram but (laughs) it's so easy get yourself sucked down into the rabbit hole of oh my gosh, where did that 40 minutes go? Mm -hmm. And yet, so often if you say to people, you should, you know, not you should, but have you, would you try doing a 10 minute meditation, a five minute meditation? Wouldn't have time for that. Would you try going to a new class, you know, exercise class or time for that? But, you know, that pop-up that happens every Monday on your phone that tells you you've spent eight hours that last week, Per day on your phone and you go oh my god I'm only awake for like 15 or 16 hours yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty cool <laughs> and I've gotten those the, you know those messages up where I go what, what is this about you know yeah yeah and it is it is so it's like it's so nice to just treat yourself as well actually and to recognize that you know you deserve a treat and not to be kind of, I suppose, withhold withholding treats from yourself because, you know, oh, I have to do this, that and the other thing, you know, mm. almost like you have to work to deserve them. But to, yeah. No, yeah. You, you don't you don't need to work to deserve a treat every now and again. You know, that, that's it. And I think, you know, if I look back and I take in the, the you know, say the price of getting the facial every month and buying more skincare and you know you know more expensive skincare I guess that for me is is so like it's actually balanced I'm probably spending less on skincare than I would have been before where like that I was working crazy and then you know payday comes or Thursday evening comes you have an hour to yourself and you go to the soup to the shops and you you know you go into boots for cotton wool and you drop 100 euro (laughs) 
<laughs> and, and you're like, oh, look, that promises glowing skin. I'll try that. Or that you're throwing things in. Or I was, a, I used to be a fierce one for it. Like, and I do, I love shoes. I love handbags. But I would, would was literally buying them, three children mainly, um, because, uh, but I was buying nice shoes and nice handbags to make myself feel better because I wasn't particularly happy with mm-hmm. other things. Whereas now, yeah, the facial is part of me being me. And it's, yeah, like that. You, We deserve, you know, we've, and it's all part of wellness. We, we have one body. Let's, mm-hmm. let's not try fix it when things go wrong. Let's keep it as healthy as we can. You know. And actually, that's a lovely note to end on. Um, so I want to thank you so much for being so open and um, for joining me on the Mind Your Mind podcast. That's an absolute pleasure. I've really enjoyed the chat. It's like having a little chat with a friend. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so thank you. Thank you, Sandra. Thanks, Kira. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Mind Your Mind podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, subscribe, rate, review or follow. It really does help with getting the podcast out there. You can follow us on Instagram at mindyourmindpod for extra content and some behind the scenes action. Talk to you next week and in the meantime, don't forget to mind your mind.